This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is The Property Show and I'm Mark Tan. On May 25th, the Penang Island City Council Mayor Rajendran Anthony announced a ban on short-term rentals effective immediately. In a move that is seen to be anti-tourism, the biggest losers of this move would be the many homeowners who host their properties on popular platforms such as Airbnb and Booking.com. Will the ban cover all private residential properties without exception? Have commercial properties been given some leeway? Do joint management bodies, JMBs, or management corporations have a say? And how about enforcement of these new rules and regulations? To help us make sense of the Penang ban and the follow-on ramifications of the decision, we speak with Chan Ai Cheng, President, Malaysian Institute of Estate Agents. Good morning, Ai Cheng, and welcome to The Property Show. Thanks, Mark. Last week, on 25th May, the Penang State Government finally approved and announced new rules that comply with the short-term rental guidelines issued previously on April the 1st. Ai Ching, can you help us to understand the situation and run us through the key points from these new rules? Okay, um, thanks for having me on this show, Mark. Okay, so I think, uh, so what we know so far is, uh, firstly, there are t- two broad categories um, when this is uh, when these uh, short-term rental guidelines are involved. One is the private residential properties and the other category is the commercial categories, yeah? So I think when the announcement was made, the ban was to cover all private residential properties properties okay so so that is the the first category then the second category there is a little bit of uh, difference here which is the commercial categories where those planning to offer these short-term rentals right on commercial categories of property must obtain the approval of their respective jmb or the mcs in which they need to obtain 75 percent uh yes vote uh from the residents at the agm so i think that is the the main difference the the best is covering all private residential properties, but the, the commercial category one, there is a little bit of room whereby if the JMB or the MC, uh, they get approval for 75%, then yes, the, the they can carry on having these short-term rentals. However, there's certain other conditions involved. Huh? So, of course, number one, there are also fees involved. I think the JMBs need to collect some annual fee, some registration fee, as well as a security deposit per unit. And of course, the unit also must be registered with the with the MBPP, and the owner must provide SSM documentation. So far, that is what we have come to know. Uh, whether the sole props or partnerships or LLPs operating uh, these short term rentals is yet to be seen. The requirements for them. And for operating a business on the premises, then of course, there's also the other business license requirements under the bylaws la, for trade, business and industries. So, and then on top of that, um, each of these short-term rental units, right, they're only to be allowed to be rented out for a maximum of 180 days a year which is just short of 50% of the year. And on top of that 180 days limitation, there's also a limitation per week. You can only rent it out for three days in a week. So um, in a way, it allows for the long weekend stays uh, if we look at it. So that that is pretty much the summary that we have gotten so far on the rent short, uh, STR guidelines for Penang. 
looks like there's a lot of rules and regulations. Now, you mentioned there is a fee involved. Do you know what the quantum of the fee is? And is it negotiable or is it subject to certain approvals by the JMBs themselves? Okay, so far what we know is that um, there's an annual fee to be collected by the JMBs, I think ranging from uh, 250 to 500 ringgit per unit uh, per year. And the registration fee is also just like 250 ringgit or something like that. And the security deposit, uh, that one ranges from about 1,000 to 3,000 per unit. So this is what we have gathered so far. So it looks like the losers in terms of these new guidelines would be the property owners or the Airbnb host. So who are the biggest beneficiaries of this decision? <laughs> okay, I think the, the biggest beneficiary would be some of the residents of the strata developments, uh, those people who are occupying the place for their own stay and own use. So I think the the I think this whole thing came about is also because there were uh, grievances raised by the homeowners who wanted some amount of stability, consistency, and security, la, you know, uh, living in a place that is meant and designed for housing. So a lot of the controversial issues came about is because of the purpose in which the you know, that particular condo was built. It was built for long-term users, home home occupiers and things like that. And But of course, uh, because of the advent of these short-term rentals, then people have converted some of these residential meant purposes uh, for business operations instead of what it was intended to be. Uh. So I think probably the biggest beneficiary would be those uh, long-term stayers, owner-occupier units within this uh, strata development. Now, if we take the narrative provided by Airbnb, where the platform supports tourism, would this Penang ban affect tourist numbers coming into the island? Now, some tourists do want a different experience or value proposition than those offered by conventional hotels. So, would we expect numbers to drop, especially during peak travelling season or long Malaysia holiday weekends for the island state? Mm, that's a good question, right? <laughs> okay, so I always feel that um, hotels, motels and service apartments, right, they are purpose-built or, or at least they have been modelled and designed especially for short-term stays. So I think traditionally this has always been the way when we go on holidays overseas or even Chuti Chuti Malaysia and the likes, we also stay at hotels, motels or service apartments, yeah? So I think um, the, the question is whether or not there is sufficient hotels, motels and service apartments in Penang to cater to the tourist numbers. I think, is that a huge gap that needs to be addressed or is the amount of supply sufficient um, given its tourist destination, uh, Penang being such a tourist destination? So at the end of the day, I believe that it all goes back to competitive pricing and the offering. Of course, the the homestays or the um, Airbnb style, is it's like, it's very individual. Uh, the properties are different from that of a standardized hotel. But then again, um, it, it depends on the use again, whether it was designed for short-term and regular frequent turnaround or whether it was meant for a uh, long stay. So I think the, the purpose is very important. Based on personal experience, I think when it comes to popular city destinations like Penang or Malacca, it is rather tough to get a place to stay on a long holiday weekend. Now, in terms of this ruling, who would be the primary enforcement agency of this new rule? And would it need to rely on whistleblowers? Okay, I think whistleblower is a, is a, a very helpful way to get started. I mean... I would say that the power rests in the residents because they will know their neighbours or at least they will know what's happening in their building and they're able to, um, you know, maybe to alert the JMB or the MCs 
uh, via some simple channels, right, that something is amiss lah, if indeed uh, some people are still operating when the ban has already taken place. So I think, of course, uh, the power of the residents, I think that's very powerful. And even uh, under the Strata Management uh, Act, right, to, uh, 2013, right, the condo management actually has the right to impose a fine of up to 200 to anyone who is in breach of any of the building bylaws. So there is actually uh, some penalties involved if people continue to, you know, like go against uh, the regulations and there are paybacks, uh, there, there are penalties to pay. Uh. So you mentioned the Strata Management uh, Act. So I want to bring attention to, in 2020, there was a landmark decision by the federal court in the case of Inup Salah and Oz versus Verve Suites Moncara Management Corps. So there is a precedent that has been set out in our judiciary system for short-term rentals. So in your opinion, isn't the existing legislation of Strata Management Act 2013 sufficient to cover and manage this issue? Okay, so all this while, um, residential properties um, uh, be, being used for um, Airbnb or business operations, right, for short-term stays, uh, that has always been uh, more straightforward as in if it's meant for residential use, then, you know, uh, the, the question of whether it can be used as a business is, is debatable. But when it comes to a commercial title residential dwelling type of property, yeah, in which case the Verve Suites was. So the question is whether if, if it's on a commercial title, can one actually operate a business operations out of it? So I think what happened was when this case was uh, went all the way up to federal court and, and the judges decided that um, the powers uh, to you know to 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 allow or to not allow uh, such business or short term rentals to be permitted in a commercial title um, uh, development rests in the hands of the JMB and the MCs. So in the past it wasn't as clear, but now because of the federal court ruling, it is um, even the commercial properties now um, you know come under this um, this this regulation. Now, given that Penang has led the way, uh, do you think other states in Malaysia will follow suit and implement their own STARA rules? Okay, so um, if I'm not mistaken, Sabah, for example, right, the DBKK considers short-term rentals uh, or Airbnbs as lodging house and therefore subject to the hotels and lodging houses bylaws. So I, I feel that it's very much local governments to regulate in their respective territories. And depending on uh, how it goes, right, um, when, let's see, when, uh, upon the implementation of it and also the running after a while, I believe the other states will also look and also consider uh, whether such a need is required in their states. Uh, but having said that, because Penang is very tourist-based, whereas some of the other states in Malaysia may not be as uh, similar to Penang in nature, so uh, the degree of urgency may differ. So the ban right now has been implemented by the Penang Island City Council. Do we foresee that the Penang mainland will also follow suit? Okay, I think this comes back to the question of the urgency of a particular uh, rule that need to be in place. So maybe the urgency for Penang Island itself to have such regulation is possibly because of the hotel industries and also the owner occupiers of um, you know strata developments there, which is more pressing than that of the uh, mainland. You know the the mainland itself, lah. So I believe just like the other states, it will be a matter of urgency whether any of these uh, issues are becoming. Very very pressing that needs to be addressed or you can address it one at a time. Yeah, I would have expected Malacca to follow suit because they have similar issues with Penang, right? <laughs> mm. I think island and mainland has a difference. Uh. Yeah. 
On the property show this morning is Chan Ai Cheng, President, Malaysia Institute of Estate Agents. When we come back from the break, we'll look at the short-term rental ban from the owner's perspective and also get some friendly estate agents' advice from Ai Cheng for first-time home buyers. This is BFM 89.9. Welcome back to the property show where in the chair this morning is Chan Ai Cheng, President, Malaysia Institute of Estate Agents. Before the break, the Penang ban on STRA and impacts on the tourism industry. Now, Ai Ching, an online survey conducted by YouGov of 1,000 over respondents in Malaysia, reveals that 43% of homeowners have considered hosting on Airbnb to take advantage of the travel rebound. With the China borders reopening, many are hopeful of China tourism and their spending dollars to return to Malaysia pre-pandemic style. So Ai Ching, looking at the thousands of listings we can find on Airbnb and Bookings.com, it does appear that property owners and hosts have been largely successful. Now, based on your knowledge, is the picture of being an Airbnb host as rosy as it seems and what operational challenges are there to run a successful business? Okay, thanks, Mark. I think that's a very uh, well-positioned question because uh, everybody was jumping on the bandwagon of uh, being an Airbnb or uh, a short-term rental host uh, trying to maximize the return on their property investment per se, la, running it as a business and getting daily rates versus a long-term one-year type of rent, typical rental. So yes, the, the fact that there are so many listings um, available on all these platforms, right? does show that the demand is there and that a lot of uh, property owners are, you know, are capitalizing on this to increase their returns. But yes, having said that, it is not all that simple to become a host. Uh, it's all, of course, the returns and, you know, the number, other renting it out on a daily basis versus on a monthly basis. Of course, the rates are higher, but so is the challenges to manage the place. Okay, so like what? Number one, um, you know, logistically, you know, how to give the keys, how to hand over the access card, the entry and exits from the unit, then also the damage that could possibly happen due to the wear and tear of uh, frequent users. Then there could also be the cleaning services that you need to clean up after every visit. Um, and, and also maybe to, to handle complaints that come from the neighbours or the, the management corporation or that due to the, um, you know, perhaps a violation of certain of the, you know, rules by some of these uh, occupants. So there are its challenges, although it may seem very simple, but there are challenges because uh, wear and tear is, of course, the main one. Also, the other thing is also you need to put systems in place and I mean, maybe some gadgets on the door access and things like that uh, to ensure that people can check in and check out smoothly. Now, there have been developers that have previously marketed their property launches as potential Airbnb investments and business, notably in popular weekend locations like Agenting Highlands, right? So with this ban and fears surrounding it, would you expect the property prices of these developments to take a hit? Okay, so we talk about Penang first. Uh. Okay, so when when um at a point of purchase, um I feel that when a property when you purchase a property, be, it will either be for two purposes. It's either for own stay or it's for you to rent out for an investment return, right? So what has happened with the you know because of the possibility of uh, short term rentals and Airbnb platforms and things like that. So a third alternative was created. Yeah, whereby you are running a business in that 
property that you have purchased. So when it comes to, um, you know, but of course, at point of purchase, you may not have seen the future and say that, oh, you know, I can I can do it and run a business with it. And then after that, when the property is completed a few years down the road, there's a ban and you can no longer do that. But the per- purpose of your purchase was to run it like a business. So I always believe that business has its risks and has its challenges. I think property in itself, when you purchase a home, a unit within a strata development for dwelling purposes, is only supposedly meant for two things, either uh, for own stay or for or for it to be tenanted. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to business, there are its uh, challenges and its risks. So I, I feel that it's a little bit, um, you know, when, when, when it presented an option like that, we must always weigh the pros and cons. And when we purchase the property, that there could be potential business risks if we are going to, in, if we intended uh, to rent it out on this Airbnb style concept. So this business risk that you mentioned notably is obviously for the private residential property where the ban is effectively enforced. So many Airbnb hosts who are property investors will now be stuck because given the property market condition, they can't sell it. Some sale price can't even cover the outstanding loan amount. And of course, they can't rent it out on a conventional one-year lease because rental yields also remain poor. So do you have any advice to give to those owners who are stuck with these properties? Okay, so I think the the old rule applies now, where you need to make your property look good now, to be you know to to rent it out, and uh, and the good thing about Airbnb design units, they are already decently furnished, fully furnished in a way, and also decently ID'd now. So I don't think uh, the owners of these units will have trouble to rent it out on a conventional long term basis. Unfortunately, yes, their rental yields will suffer. Uh, because now it goes back to the traditional and not running it like a business. And finally, uh, one last question, and it has nothing to do with the STRA ban, but one that is always on the top of mind of young people looking out for properties. Now, given the current situation with our property market, where there's an abundance of supply, depressed rental yields, and increasing mortgage rates due to the OPR rate hikes, what advice would you give to first-time home seekers? Should they be looking to buy or should they be looking to rent? Mm. Okay, so I, I always feel that um, both buying and renting are both great options. Yeah, I don't feel that uh, purchasing is uh, more superior to renting. I think they are for different seasons of time and also for different uh, needs of the uh, buyers uh, or owner or occupiers of the unit. So when it comes to uncertainties, let, let's say the individual has uh, is not certain whether his um, business is stable or whether his employment is stable, then the right thing to do would actually be to rent a property first, right? And because that rental property can always be turned into a purchase later, yeah, once the once your life circumstances become more stable, or once you actually enjoy living in that environment. So the good thing about renting is that when you are um, you get to you get to move uh, more frequently, you get to explore and live in different environments and also to discover what you truly like before you commit to a long-term purchase. Because once you buy a property, right, and you take a loan with the bank, that is the next 30 years uh, of commitment to one place. So I think the, um, the concept of buying is good, uh, but uh, renting before you buy is also equally a good option. So given this nugget of wisdom you've given us, Ai Cheng, should both developers and financial institutions do more to promote this rent-to-own schemes? 
Mm. Yeah, so um, I think the government has also stepped forward uh, to promote this rent-to-own schemes. Uh, of course, there are many versions of it that have come out and uh, they are still twigging what works best. But definitely, this is a, is a good combo of uh, renting and buying because um, at what you can rent today and at a certain point in the future, you can either continue to rent or you can convert that, uh, that rental agreement uh, into a sale. And the price is already predetermined at the point of rental. So, so actually, that's quite a good thing. In a way, you kind of lock in the price for the future today. Yeah. So I think the rent-to-own schemes uh, has very much potential for growth in Malaysia. And is there a sweet spot for the period of rental? So, you know, does the home seeker rent it for a year or three years before they have the option to buy? I mean, what's the range? Yeah, I think different rent-to-own schemes have different timelines, but I think it's ranging from three to five years. Well, I think thank you very much for your time and all those golden nuggets of wisdom that you've given us. It's been insightful having this conversation with you. On The Property Show was Chan Ai Cheng, President, Malaysia Institute of Estate Agents. This is BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.